0: Alright, so this morning we're going to talk about something that I'll be very honest with you, I'm going to be very upfront. I'm still growing in, I'm still learning, uh, and I'm still developing. And it's one of those things that when I finally began to understand it, when I finally began to uh, get a grasp on what God was talking about, it really changed the way that I interacted with my daily life, the way that I interacted with others, and certainly with the way that I interacted with Now this is something that Harley and I both, we have been taught by a mentor. It is a foundational concept that I'm going to be real honest. I can't make it any better. I can't improve on it. I can't do it. If I tried to improve on this teaching, I would just make it confusing. I would just muddy the waters. So this morning, if you would be okay with it, I'm going to try to teach something that Harley and I have already been taught now, last week, Harley talked about how religion is basically God's attempt, or excuse me, man's attempt to connect with God. Man's attempt to connect with God. That's, that's a good definition for religion, and generally speaking, Man's attempt to connect with God is going to involve some, some things. It's going to involve uh, some, uh, maybe a ritual or, uh, of some type. It's going to involve some type of a ceremony. But one thing that it is certainly going to involve is keeping a set of principles, a set of standards, and a set of rules. That process of man trying to connect with God is always going to follow a set of rules, and I know for me personally, and for those of you that know me, if you don't know me well yet, you will, I hope, and if you do know me well, then you're going to probably chuckle when I make this statement. That's challenging for me, because I'm not very good at keeping rules. Just not. I'm not a good rule keeper. And if you're anything like me, one of the reasons that you typically in your life do not feel all that religious, and one of the reasons that maybe sometimes you feel like a failure is because, hey, we're not very good rule keepers, right? We're not very good rule followers. And let's face it, the problem, one of the problems with religion, is we can't even get humans, people, to agree on what the rules even are. We don't even know what the rules are. We can't agree. And if we finally do get a few people together, and they kind of are on the same page, and they agree that these rules are the, are the rules that we should follow, we certainly can't get people to agree what are the priorities in the rules. What's, which rules are most important versus which rules are least important. And so as a result, this is what typically happens as a result of that. We have this constant sense, or at least I know in my experience, we have this constant sense of frustration that if there is a God, if God really does exist, He's really up there, He's really involved, He really wants to connect with us, and He's got rules, and we really don't know what those rules are, and we certainly don't know what the priority are, of those rules are. We just don't know really at any time where we stand with God because we can't agree on what's most important to Him. I mean, think about it. Stealing. Well, that's important. I guess. I think. But is it more important than lying? And both of those are obviously less important than killing somebody. Murderers, right? I think. I think that should be the priority. I don't know. I think that's the priority. Honoring our father and our mother. Of course, the Bible talks about that. We're supposed to do that. But is that more important than honoring or respecting or following civil government? And it goes on and on. We, what are the rules? What are the standards? What are the principles? And all of that doubt and all of that really can take us right to the edge of feeling condemned by God. And that any moment, right, God's just going to show up and He's going to say, Cole, I'm sorry, you didn't do it right. You didn't do it right. You didn't follow the right rules the right way and the right priority. You got close. But hey, you lost a heartbreaker at the buzzer. Uh -uh, Sorry, you didn't do it right. And so we have this mysterious feeling that we honestly have no idea where we stand with God. Where do we stand with God, and I, I know in my mind, me personally, um, that sometimes I think of God as, as he's up in heaven and he's got his grade book out, you know he's got his red pen, and he's keeping up with my week right and he's like okay cole he he uh, he had a pretty good Monday, he read his Bible on Monday, and he prayed a couple of times and yeah, I'll give him a 92 on Monday, right? And then, then eh, he dropped the ball a little on, on Tuesday and, and Wednesday. He didn't, didn't have a very good week or a very good day on Tuesday and Wednesday. He kind of struggled. He said a bad word. He got mad. He hit his thumb with a hammer. He said a bad word. Okay, I got to drop him down a little bit. Going to give him a C on that those days. And then, hey, he rebounded a little bit on Thursday and Friday. He helped an, an older lady across the street. He didn't kick that dog that barked at him. Whatever, you know. And he, and he was better on those days. But, man, Saturday, let's be honest, guys, right? The weekend. The weekend's tough right? The weekend's tough. Saturday, he, d- he just didn't meet the standard on Saturday. So for the week, God says, I'm going to give Cole. He gave him a 78. Hi, C. I mean, I was talking to a guy earlier today, just this morning, right back there. He was talking about how, you know, sc- studying and everything kind of gets in his way of athletics. And I kind of got that. I get it. It's a like, high C. Hey, see for continue, baby. Let's go. Right, And so that's kind of the way we operate, like God's grading us. And we get this uneasy feeling, and we think that if we are being graded by our performance, let's face it, most of us, myself at the top of the list, we don't perform all that well. We just don't. And it can make us feel condemned by God. So our question to kind of be a launching point this morning is this. Is that really what the Christian life is supposed to look like? Is that really what this whole following Jesus thing is? Is it just simply living up to a certain set of standards or principles or rules that we can't even agree on what they are? Well see, last week God in or God Don't tell Harley I said that. Last week, Harley introduced to us um, uh, one of the more amazing chapters in the entire Bible. It's in Romans uh, chapter 8, which we're going to get there in just a minute. And we're going to jump back in that. Well, we're going to try to kind of open up what is the Christian life really supposed to look like. Now, there are two systems, approaches, maybe would be the better word. There's two approaches to the way that we live our life. And this is true if you're a follower of Jesus or if you're not a follower of Jesus. I mean, these, these two things pretty much are, are the same. They're pretty standard. These two approaches to life, we have this old system or this old approach, and we have this new system or this new approach. And this new system, God actually developed it. He created it when he sent Jesus into the world. And when God sent Jesus into the world, he he, um, introduces a brand new approach or a brand new system of living that as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to take day by day. Now, if you are not a follower of Jesus this morning, if you've not made that decision to make God the boss of your life and to submit and to surrender to him, then this morning you get a great opportunity. This is an awesome opportunity for you because you can sit back you know, kind of relax, get you your Mountain Dew or your Coke or whatever it might be, and get some of that good popcorn that we've got back there. You can sit back and you can kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit and get an idea of what this Christian thing is really supposed to look like. So we're going to jump into the Bible this morning. In Romans chapter eight, uh, we're going to start in verse one. This is what Paul says: So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. None, zero, no condemnation. That's really good news. That's a really, really good news. Because what Paul is saying here is that once you become a follower of Jesus, once you say you are the boss of my life, you are in total control, I submit and surrender to you. Once that happens, according to Paul, you are now uncondemnable. Uncondemnable. Because you have a relationship with God through Jesus that cannot be changed. It's really good news. Verse 2. And because you belong to him. Belong to who? Belong to, belong to Jesus. Because you are a follower of him. Because you belong to him. The power. We could also use the phrase or the, the word law. The power or the law of the life-giving spirit has freed you. Freed you from what? Well, it's freed you from the old system. And that old system is the power or the law of sin that leads to death. So this old system is over here. It's what... Used to be, and then Jesus came to this earth, and we had the opportunity to be brought into this brand new system. So the law of of the life-giving spirit, that's the new system. The law of sin equals death, that's the old system. So here's the situation, basically. We were born, I was born, when I was born, and when you were born, we were all born into the law of sin equals death. Sin equals death, the old system. We had nothing that we could do to change it. We just were born into it. And you want me to prove it? It's real simple. We can't follow the rules. I don't follow the rules very well. We were born into that old approach, that old system of sin equals death. We were born in the equation that sin equals death, it equals physical death, it equals relationship death, the death of self-esteem, death financially, you name it. Sin equals death. And we were born as sinners into that system. But when I became a follower of Jesus... When I said I'm submitting and I'm surrendering, I don't know what it means completely, but I'm giving you complete and total control of my life. When I became a follower of Jesus, I was brought into a brand new system, a brand new approach called the spirit of life in Christ. Now, now this is important. If you're a note taker, and we may not have a single note taker out there. I, I love taking notes when I was in college. I was a huge note taker because I was so bored with the lecture, it gave me something to do. So if you're sitting there right now and like, this is so boring, and you want to take some notes because you're you know, bored and want something to do, then, then this statement is really important. You, you would highlight this, underline this, bold this, italicize this, draw circles around it, stars, arrows, whatever. Because this is important. Because the new system that Jesus introduced is not a version of the old system. It is a completely different thing. The Christian life, this new system, this new approach, it's not an upgrade to the old system. It's like the old system is Windows XP, right? and the new system is Windows 10. It's a completely different operating system. Totally, There's nothing in common between the two. They are polar opposites. Nothing in common between the old system and the new system. And when I began following Jesus, and when you, if you've made that decision, began following Jesus, we were taken out of that old system... And we were placed into this brand new system that didn't exist before Jesus. In fact, the way we even became a follower of Jesus was basically just to acknowledge the fact that God had, in fact, brought about a new system. See, this was the majority of our experience, and mine as well. So I'm, I can't speak for everyone, and I'm not going to try. I can only speak for myself, and maybe you can sit there and you can be like, yeah, me too. I'm on the kind of the same boat. So I can just speak from my experience. Before I became a follower of Jesus, before I I said, God, you're the boss of my life. I'm submitting, I'm surrendering. I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know what it means completely, but I'm just going going to give it to you. Before I became a follower of Jesus, I was still a moral person. Some would argue with that maybe, but I feel like I was. I was still a moral person. And I had this idea, and many of us probably are on the same page, that to earn favor with God and to kind of get ahead... I just had to work harder. I had to try harder. I had to perform better. I had to stack more good than I had bad. You know, the the good side had to be over here and the bad side had to be over here. They kind of had to be weighted correctly, right? And, And truthfully, I could do that until I was blue in the face and it mattered nothing. And I never made any progress. Never made progress. Never could get enough good to outweigh the bad to make myself feel like I was earning favor. But once I became a follower of Jesus, that changed. Once I said, God, I can't do it, I can't do anything. God, I am helpless. God, I am hopeless, and I am in need of a Savior. God, I don't just need a second chance, I don't just need more time, I don't just need to try harder, to work harder, to give you, I need a Savior. God, I need someone to do for me what I cannot do for myself. Once I did that, that was a completely different thing than just saying, hey, God, I I just need a little more time. I know I didn't have a real good Saturday. I know it was a little rough, but I'm going to do better this week. Give me a little more time. Give me a little, you know, give me a little more opportunity. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to work harder. You give me enough time, God. I will get there. Those are two completely different systems. Totally different. Because one system, the new one, it's all about relationships. Because once I accepted God's son, I was part of the family. Once I accepted God's son, I became uncondemnable. I am as accepted right now as I will ever be. I am as acceptable As I will ever be. Because it does not hinge on anything, anything that I do. It doesn't hinge on anything that I do. It hinges only on what Christ did for me. That's a big difference. See, the old system, it's not the way it worked. The old system, it hinged on everything that I could control. Sin equals death, that old one. It it was everything that I could do. How I performed How consistent I was. How well I followed the rules. How well I followed the standards. How well I knew the Bible. How much I prayed. How many good things I did. How many times I walked that old lady across the street and I got more good than I do bad. It completely was dependent upon what I personally could do. And that's all true and that's all good. But that's really not the whole point this morning. And that was a really long intro, I know. That's important. That's good stuff. But that's not really where we want to park in this series. Because in this series, we want to kind of go a little bit different direction, and, and, and that's this. See, the tendency for those of us who have become a follower of Jesus. Uh, the tendency, when we think of this brand new system that was introduced when Jesus came to this earth, the, and as it, the tendency as it relates to being a follower of Jesus is this. This is our tendency as followers. And those of you that have been a follower of Jesus very long and certainly that have come out of uh, the type of background that I came out of, this was going to make sense, I think. The tendency is this. We become a follower of Jesus. And then we say, eh, man, Jesus did it for me. and I, That's great. That's awesome. I had nothing to do with it. And then we do this. We say, "Woo, I'm going to heaven when I die. Yes. Boom. I mean, I'm fired up, right? I'm going to heaven when I die. My eternity is taken care of. Check, check. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. If I had three, I'd give it three. I don't have three thumbs. But in our Monday through our Sunday, right? In our week, in our life, we don't give it any thought to how this new system relates to our Monday through Sunday, our Christian life. We give it no thought. It's like my eternity is taken care of. I'm going to heaven when I die. Awesome. Great. Boom. We feel great about this new system, right? We feel awesome about this new system. I'm going to heaven when I die. But when we function in our Monday through our Sunday and how we relate to God in the whole Christian life, we do it according to the old system. See, the spirit of Life in Christ, the new approach to living, it actually has as much, maybe more to do with our Monday through Sunday than it does to the fact that we're going to heaven when we die. And if we can understand that, if we can understand how this new system actually relates to our Monday through our Sunday, it will transform our here and now. It will transform um, our experience as a follower of Jesus just as it transformed our eternity. Yes, I'm going to heaven when I die. Boom, I got it. Uh, check, check. It will change our Monday through Sunday just the same way that it does our eternity. Now, quick disclaimer, real quick. There are a lot of things in this world, a lot of things in this world, that I, I don't understand. I have no idea. I know they're real. I know they're true. I don't understand them. And yet, I take advantage of them every day. There are a lot of things out there like that. I'll give you an example. This uh, tablet here. I have this smart, we'll call it smart device. I can't explain to you how this works. No idea. I don't know who made it. I don't know how they made it. I don't know how they make it. So all I got to do is touch that on that screen, and all of a sudden, boom, things happen. I don't have a clue. I have no idea the processes that make this baby go. But I take advantage of it every single day. Every day. Every day of my life, I take advantage of a smart device. I bet you do, too. And I bet, for the most part, there's a few that understand more than me, obviously, but for the most part, we don't really know exactly how it works. Now, I'm growing in my understanding of a smart device. I'm growing in understanding how they work. But if I don't grow another inch from this moment, if I know, no, if I know less tomorrow than I do today, it still won't change the fact that I'll take advantage of it every single day. And the truth that we're talking about this morning is real. And it is something... That we can continue to grow in and we can continue to understand. And it's not going to totally make sense in the beginning. But guess what? It's a truth that we can begin taking advantage of right now. Because whether it is true and I don't understand it or I do understand it it makes no difference. I can still take advantage of it because it comes from God's word. And it has been validated by hundreds of thousands of women and hundreds of thousands of men through time that have grown to understand it and take advantage of it every single day. That being in Christ, being saved, isn't just about, woo, I'm going to heaven when I die. It's a brand new approach to living. But again, here's what typically we do. This is my experience. We become a follower of Jesus. That was awesome. That sounded like they are having a lot of fun over there. That's great. Before becoming a follower of Jesus, this was kind of how it went down, right? This was my experience. We had a pretty good sense of right versus wrong. Good and bad. Right and wrong. I get a spanking. I don't get a spanking. We had a pretty good idea of what that meant, right? I mean, we knew that we shouldn't kill anybody, I hope. Maybe not. I don't know. But I knew that I wasn't supposed to kill. I knew I wasn't supposed to kick a dog. I knew that I was supposed to take care of the environment, not pollute and blah, blah, blah. And I, I knew right versus wrong. I knew good versus bad. I knew that I needed to be a good employee, a good, good employer, good husband, good father. good. I knew that. See, we weren't a believer yet. We weren't a follower of Jesus yet. But we still had a system of I'm going to be good, more good than bad. And then something happened. We met Jesus We became a follower of him. We gave him complete control. And we realized in that moment, I can't be good enough. No matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I work, no matter how much I produce, I can't be good enough. And Jesus forgave me of my sins. He took care of my eternity. I put my faith in him. I said, I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Woo, awesome, that's great. And then after that moment, we said, if you're like me, we said, now what? <laughs> what now? What do I do now? I guess, I guess I'm just supposed to get back in this old system, and I'm, I'm supposed to just kind of operate the way I used to operate. But now, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've got new information. That's good. Maybe I have more motivation to do right, and so it's going to be easier to operate in this old system, more good than bad. And my eternity's taken care of, but I I don't know what to do with my life. And before, I mean, before I had some rules that I was supposed to live by. I knew right versus wrong and morality and, you know, all that stuff. But now, man, now I've got a bunch of rules to live by. Have y'all ever read the Bible? It's 66 books. It's nothing but rules. I got a bunch of rules to live by. And that preacher told me, that preacher told me, he said, listen, man, if you will follow these rules, if you follow these rules, it'll change your marriage, it'll change your family, it will help with your finances, it'll make you a better person, a better husband, a better father, a better friend. It will change your life if you will just follow the principles of the Bible. And I figured my life's going to be different. It's going to make an impact. So I said, God, thanks for saving me. I'm excited, I'm fired up, I'm ready to go, I'm going to heaven when I die, yes, and now I am going to give it my best shot, and what we've done, when we do that, and when I did that, what I did is I took the old religious system, got to go back to where it's always at, right, it's over here, the old religious system, and we just dressed it up with religious stuff, we just dressed it up, we meant it, I meant it. We were sincere about it. I was sincere about it. And then we blew it. Because guess what? We don't follow rules. We don't do a good job with the rules. That's why we're in trouble to begin with. So when we blow it, we ask for forgiveness. And we say, I'm going to rededicate my life. And I'm going to do better. I'm going to try harder. And we're approaching the Christian life according to the old system. Somehow, in my mind, I'm going to gain brownie points with God And I'm going to earn favor with God by my efforts and by my strength in doing good things. I'm going to get more favor from God if I just put more good than bad. But we're missing the point. I was missing the point. I mean, the point had like left years ago. And I'm still back at the station, you know. I just totally missed the point. Because Jesus didn't just come to this earth so that I would go to heaven when I died. That's not the only reason. I mean, that was a reason. That's important. That's great. Check, check. Awesome. But that's not the only reason Jesus came. In fact, Jesus told us why he came. He actually told us. This is what Jesus said. He said, I have come that, uh, to this earth that you might have, you might say life? life, life. I have come to this earth that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. See, there's more to the Christian life than just following a bunch of rules and standards and policies and procedures and priorities. There's more to the Christian life than just a bunch of rules. And yet the tendency, all of our tendency is to become a follower of Jesus and say, thanks God for saving me. Now I'm going to work till Jesus comes. If those of you that grew up in a traditional church like me, you know that song. We're going to work till Jesus comes. And if you're anything like me, you became a follower of Jesus, and you said, All right, God, hey, I am serious about this. I am ready to go. I'm fired up. I'm sold out. I'm going to get discipled. Mm. It's going to be good. And and I'm going to pray every single day, maybe multiple times a day. And and I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read through the whole Bible in a year. Mm -mm, Not me. I tried. That's hard to do. And you said, God, I'm serious about this. I'm going to begin fasting, said no one ever, because we're in America, and we don't fast. Right? No. Well, we said all that other stuff, right? I'm going to pray. I'm going to learn. I'm going to study. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You're going to be so proud of me. I'm going to put more good and I'm going to put bad. And we were sold out, right? And we looked over the rules, and we said, yeah, I can do that. I got that. I can follow that one. I can follow that one. I can follow that one. That one's going to be a little tougher, but I can follow it. I can do it. And then we ran into some that we were like, oh, wait a second, God. You, wait a second. You're telling me I've got to give and I'm supposed to do it cheerfully? That ain't, that ain't, mm-mm. God, you're telling me that I don't just have to control my actions. I actually have to control my thought life. Are you kidding me? God, you're telling me never to lust after anything ever, ever, ever. God, you're telling me I can't gossip? about. <laughs> out. No. You're telling me sex is just for marriage? I'm out. I'm out. I can't do it. It's all of a sudden it goes from I got this to whew, uh, maybe I'll try, but I'm going to be honest with you, God, I don't, think so. I don't think I can do this. I just don't think I can do it. We gave it our best shot. And when we failed because that's what we do, that's what I do. I just keep saying we. Maybe I shouldn't say we. I'll just say me. I failed because that's what I do. I don't follow rules. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm not very good. I'll try harder next time. Let's be honest, God. I probably need to go to counseling because I got some stuff in my past you just don't know about. Now That's kind of ironic. But I tried. But the truth is this. All of that really boils down to this. I can't live the Christian life. And I was never expected to. And you're sitting there right now and you're like, whoa, wait a second. This whole series is about living the Christian life. And you're telling me we can't do it? What's the point? We just wasted 20 minutes. I could have already been at El Canaveral eating. Right? I mean, but follow this. We were never expected to because the Christian life is Christ's life. I can't imitate Jesus. I can't imitate LeBron James. I certainly can't imitate Jesus. I can't imitate Jesus. The Christian life is Jesus' life. It's not the, the disciplined life. It's not the holy life. It's not the righteous life. The only person that can live the Christian life is Christ. And the reason that we fail when we try to live the Christian life And we keep failing in those same areas. And all of us are different. So the areas that I fail in may be different from the areas that you fail in. But the reason that we all seem to keep getting to that same roadblock, that same stumbling block, that same barrier, and fail over and over and over and over and over again, no matter how hard we try and no matter how hard we work, is because God did not leave us on this earth in this brand new living approach to life, this new system, in order to even conquer those things. That's why Jesus came. He came that I might have life. Guess whose life? His life. The Christian life isn't just a self-improvement program. It's the life of Jesus. And the goal of the Christian life isn't to simply make ourselves better. The goal is to allow Jesus to live his life through me. That's different. That's totally opposite. That's That's a new system. Now, you may be sitting there and you're like, I I don't get it. You are over my head. I'm lost. I don't get it. Well, that's okay. Because we don't have to understand it right now to take advantage of it. We don't have to understand that right now to be able to use it just like that smart device. that I don't have a clue how it works. Interesting to me is this. When we approach the Christian life from the old way, from the old system, we approach the Christian life from the I'm going to do my best Trust me, God, I'm going to take it from here. Thanks for the eternity. Thanks for the salvation. Thanks for all that. That's great. I'm going to heaven when I die. Monday through Sunday, though, I've got it. When we say, God, hey, watch me. Watch me work. I'm going to do a lot of stuff. I'm going to try. I'm going to work. And if you don't mind, along the ways, bless me. That'd be great. The Bible actually has a phrase for that. The New Covenant has a phrase for that. And that phrase is this. It's called walking according to the flesh. Walking according to the flesh. Now, if, if you've been in church for very long, if you were like me and you came out of a certain background, then you probably heard that term "walking according to the flesh" used a lot, um, and, and sometimes in context, sometimes out of context. I'll be honest with you. When I heard a preacher say "walking according to the flesh," my first thought was, "That sounds dirty." You know, I said, "I don't know." When I sound a little bit like some adult content or something, and I don't need to be listening to this. But walking according to the flesh, it's really, it's very simple. It's the old system. It's sin equals death. It's the old system. It's the, I'm going to take my best shot standard. It's the, Lord, here's what I am going to do for you standard. It's the, I'm in control of my life, and I'm going to voluntarily choose to obey and to follow you way of going about life. But the Christian life is not simply walking according to that old system. This is what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Paul said, the law of Moses was unable to save us. Why? Because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Why? Because I can't follow the rules. Can't do it. I try. Can't do it. Terrible. Razorbacks play, I'm out. Terrible. I'm a horrible person. I am. I'm a horrible person. Nobody wants to watch back games with me. I'm terrible. Oh. Preach to it. Come on. I am. I'm a bad. I'm a bad rule follower. And Paul said that the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. And then it says that because we were such bad rule followers, that God did what the law couldn't do. What did he do? Well, he introduced a brand new system. He sent Jesus, and now Jesus, he, he got it. Jesus took care of all of it. And then in verse 4, he tells us, Paul says that God did that so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied. For us who no longer follow, the word follow we could also say walk according to, that's another translation. It could be fully satisfied for us who no longer walk according to our sinful nature. That phrase, sinful nature, it actually could be translated into one single word in the original Greek language. Not that I know the original Greek language, I could just read. But it can be translated one word, guess what? Flesh. That's the actual translation, that's where that phrase comes from who no longer walk according to the flesh, but instead follow the Spirit. So what Paul's saying here in context is basically this. The normal Christian life, once becoming a follower of Jesus, it is not a life that is supposed to be approached walking according to the flesh. Walking to the old sin equals death system. And we're going to see over the next few weeks um, what that life is supposed to look like, walking according to the Spirit. We're going to see that more. But but here's what it means to walk according to the flesh. This is kind of fleshing it out. Uh, This is what it means. Trusting in my strength. Trusting in my determination to bring about whatever changes that I think should take place. Lord, I am going to be a better husband. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to try hard. I'm going to make it happen. God, I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better parent, a better student. I'm going to be a better employee, employer. I'm going to work harder, try harder, do more to be better and better and better. I'm going to do it. And I mean it. God, I mean it, and I feel it, and I'm, I'm, I'm there, but God, huh, I just can't do it. I, I tried. I worked. Walking according to the flesh says I'm going to do everything I can, but then we realize I can't do it. I don't have the strength, and I don't have the power. Nowhere close. Walking according to the flesh is this. It's retaining control of my life. It's giving primary consideration to only my needs, my desires, my appetites, and my fears when making decisions. And this approach to life. And this doesn't matter if you are a follower of Jesus or you are not a follower of Jesus yet. It will lead to the same place every single time. Walking according to the old system always leads to the same place. Romans chapter 8 verse 6. This is what Paul says. So letting your sinful nature, letting your flesh control your mind leads to death. Well, of course it does. Sin equals death. That's the old system. I sin sexually, there's going to be a death in a relationship. Just the way it works. If I sin morally, there's going to be a death in a relationship. When I sin ethically, there will be a death in the relationship. Certain things, if I sin, I'm going to die physically, right? I'm, I'm dead. If I sin financially, eventually, in time, ultimately, there will be a death in my finances. There is always a death that is attached to sin. And walking in the flesh always leads to death because it always leads to sin. Because guess what? I can't not sin. I've tried. I can't do it. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, God, I'm going to do better. And I pray and I read and I study and blah, blah, blah. And by 10 o'clock I've sinned so many times. I cannot do it. I just can't do it. Then Paul goes on and he says, letting the spirit control your mind, the new approach in our Monday through our Sunday, letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I study, no matter how much I work, I can't do it because the Christian life isn't my life. It's Christ's life in me. That's why God developed this whole new system to begin with so that people can experience the life of Jesus. Now, you're maybe sitting there still. You may be like sitting there like, I hear what you're saying and you got some words coming out and every once in a while one sticks, but I'll be honest with you, I don't get it I don't understand it. It's a lot of gobbledygook that's just going over my head. Okay, let's try this. Think back to the moment you became a follower of Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, that's okay. You still get to peek behind the curtain. Relax, this ain't on you. But if you're a follower of Jesus, if you have said, Jesus, you are the boss of my life, I submit and I surrender to you. Think back to that moment. I don't care if it was a year ago, a 10 years ago, 50 years ago, doesn't matter. Think back to that moment in your mind right now. Okay? What did you say? What did you say? Now, I'm going to kind of guess a little, play some hypotheticals. But you might have said something like this. In that moment, you might have said, Lord, I need a Savior to save me from the penalty of my sin. Something like that, right? Well, see, living the the Christian life, it simply means this. Lord, I need a Savior to save me from the power of my sin. Think back to that moment. Get in that moment in your mind, that moment where you became a follower of Jesus. A year ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever. You might have said something like this. Lord, I can't do anything to save myself. I can't do anything. Well, see, living the Christian life on Monday through Sunday, it means this. Lord, I can't do anything to save myself. I can't do it. Think back to that moment when you became a follower of Jesus. You might have said something like this. Lord, I need Jesus to save me. Monday through Sunday. God, I need Jesus to save me. doesn't change. It's the same thing. Think of this. In that moment, for me it was August twenty-third, 1998. That's, I, I happen to have the date. You don't have to have a date. I just happen to have one. But in that moment, when that happened, and you became a follower of Jesus, you said, I'm submitting, I'm surrendering. You said something like this, Lord, I am accepting the gift of salvation by Faith, I don't understand it, I don't get it, I don't know where it's going to take me, but I'm accepting it by faith. Monday through Sunday, Lord, I am accepting the gift of Jesus' life in me by faith. I don't understand it, I don't get it, I don't know where it's going to take me, but I'm accepting it by faith. It's the same thing, nothing changes, because that's our bottom line. Our bottom line is this. Think back to that moment when you became a follower of Jesus. That singular moment where you submitted and you surrendered. Our bottom line is this. The Christian life, it is finishing the race right where we started the race. It's just finishing the race the way we started it. The Christian life isn't about, thanks God. I'll take it from here. I've got eternity taken care of. Check, check. Yes. And then I'll take it from here. It's about, Lord, God, just as helpless as I was when I faced a godless eternity without any hope, just as helpless as I was in that moment, God, I am still just that helpless when I am faced with my Monday through my Sunday. I am helpless. God, I am helpless when I'm faced with the husband I should be, the father I should be, the wife I should be, the daughter I should be, the employee I should be. God, I am I'm am, I'm am hopeless when I'm faced with dealing with gossip, when I'm dealing with my thought life, when I'm dealing with lust, when I'm dealing you name it. Whatever that roadblock and stumbling block is for you, it's different for me, it's different for you. Whatever it is, I am helpless. I haven't grown a bit. I've tried, but I haven't. I'm weak and I need a savior. See, that is step one of experiencing the Christian life. That's it. That's step one. That is the beginning. That's the starting point. Finish the way we started. We needed the righteousness of Christ to ensure our eternity in heaven. And we can grasp onto that one. We get that one here. But we need that same righteousness of Christ to ensure victory over sin in our Monday through our Sunday. It is, Lord, I can't. But you can. Now, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for us this morning? What, how, what do we take into our week? Well, over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to try to share some more scripture and some more, some more stuff that hopefully will bring more clarity to this concept of living the Christian life and what it really means. But this is our starting place. Everything has to have a starting place, right? This is the starting place for us, and it's our next step. We have one. One next step. Probably the easiest next step that we'll have, before you put it on the screen, McKinley, probably the easiest next step that we will ever have at Stuttgart Harvest Church. This is our next step. It's this. Start your mornings in prayer. With God, I can't, but you can. Start your mornings in prayer. I mean, it's that simple. Start, wake up, open your eyes and say, God, I can't. You can. God, I know the temptations that are coming. I know that the challenges that I am going to face today, I know, God, I know she's going to be at the office when I get there. I know he's going to be at the office when I get there. I know the challenges that I face as a husband or as a father or as a wife or a daughter or as a, a student or an employee or employer. I know what's coming. I know there's going to be things happen today that I can't handle. And God, I can't do it. But you can. It will change our experience as a follower of Christ. Because only Jesus can live the life of Christ. And we've got a lot of principles. And a lot of standards. And there are rules in the, new, in the New Covenant. There are principles in the New Covenant. And standards in the New Covenant that we are supposed to live by. And we do teach on those. So I don't want you to think that we never teach on the standards and the principles of being a follower of Jesus. And what that means. Yes, they're there. And they're important and they motivate us. But every one of those rules, every one of those standards, and every one of those principles all must be understood inside of this simple context. I can't, but He can. So, bottom line, as we close this morning, bottom line. Right where you were when you became a follower of Jesus and you had your eternity secured, check, check. I'm going to heaven when I die. Back in that moment, for our Monday through our Sunday, as we try to live this Christian life, finish where we started. I can't, but you can. And I am trusting you to live your life through me. Let's pray. God, thank you for taking care of our eternity by sending Jesus. But God, help us to begin living with the understanding that the same Jesus who secured our eternal relationship with you, he also came to this earth so that we can have life, his life. So as we move into yet another Monday through Sunday, and we move into yet another week where the same challenges and the same struggles and the same temptations are going to be facing us, Help us to get to a place where we know that we can't do it, but you can. And the same righteousness that we trusted to secure our eternity, it also wants to help us to have victory over the sin and the struggles that we have on our Monday through Sunday, Jesus. Because I can't, but you can. And I'm trusting you to live your life.